Hello, it's great to have you join us today. The vision is for you to see Jesus and then be able to show him to someone. Please grab your Bible and notepad as we journey together in the revelation of Jesus Christ. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved. again for joining us today it is always a pleasure to have you join us so last class we worked on uh, the story of Abel and Cain and we saw Abel as an example of another man who was presented the offer okay which is the promise of Christ the promise of eternal life in Christ and how Abel accepted the offer by faith by receiving the promise, by believing the promise, we saw in Hebrews chapter 11 how he was declared righteous, how his offering was uh, more excellently revered than that of Cain by God. Glory to Jesus. So today, we move that a bit by seeing another example. Again, what are we establishing here? We are still treating fundamental issues fundamentals of salvation that is how we know for a surety that a believer cannot lose his salvation in christ if you have been following us so far you would have gotten multiple answers to that question and that is the goal in this series we want to delve into the fundamentals of salvation such that we come to a mastery where the subject of salvation is concerned and we are able to justifiably put to bed whatever objections we hear or we come across to the simple fact that salvation in Christ is eternal for the believer. It cannot be lost. Glory to Jesus. So let's get right into the, um, into the word for today. So like I said, the story of Noah is our target for today. Let's see Noah as an example of the person presented with the gospel and what he did with it how he made his choice so the mentality that we have of noah of course this is genesis chapter 6 so you can flip your your bible um, to that genesis chapter 6 what happened with noah the mentality that we had that we have always had is that god was angry with humanity and noah was warning everybody hey 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 it remains small, just small like this. Hey, hey, stop, stop, stop all these things, stop. You know? And then eventually they didn't stop and uh, yeah, they were all destroyed except Noah and his family. Is this true? Again, we shall see from the epistles. Is this true? Yes or no? We will see exactly what happened, what Moses was attempting to communicate glory to jesus what he saw that he couldn't like uh, um, uh what do you call it what he saw that he couldn't articulate in clear speech again one of the scriptures we we considered last class is hebrews chapter 1 verse 1 to 3 you know we have clarity in speech in the epistles why because the spirit of truth is here all through the ages before christ came it was all in parables. Why? Because spiritually dead men wrote to spiritually dead men. Glory to Jesus. 
now we have the truth we have the revelation glory to jesus so let us read through genesis chapter 6 now it came to pass verse 1 when man began to multiply on the face of the heart and daughters were born to them that the sons of god saw the daughters of men that they were beautiful and they took wives for themselves of all whom they choose and the lord said my spirit shall not strive with man forever for he is indeed flesh yet his days shall be 120 years there were giants on the heart in those days and also afterward when the sons of god came into the daughters of men and they bore children to them those were the mighty men who were of old men of renown okay then we see what happens next god was sorry that he created everything and then okay let's jump to verse um okay let's still do verse 7 and 8 so the lord said i will destroy man whom i have created from the face of the heart both man and beast creeping thing and birds of the air for i am sorry that i have made them but noah found grace in the eyes of the lord verse 8 let's stop there but noah found grace in the eyes of the lord so once again people of god reading genesis chapter 6 from verse 1 to 8 as we just read in fact the entire genesis chapter 6 the flood the story of the flood as recorded by moses in genesis chapter 6 reading all of that at face value what you get is that man was doing something very very bad and then noah was warning them warning them warning them and then they didn't listen and then the flood came and destroyed every one of them okay but we have laughed so far in this class to get the interpretation of scriptures genesis to malachi in the epistles i have mentioned that i have emphasized that a whole lot of times already and that is because that is a key component of correct biblical interpretation glory to jesus so just like genesis chapter 4 we saw that a brother killed his brother but the interpretation tells us that it was the devil you no know, through cain that killed abel because he is a killer from the beginning the interpretation also told us that the offerings were not the distinguishing factor but the mindsets okay of the offerer so we will see genesis chapter 6 verse 8 let us start some work on that let us begin to understand we will go into the epistles but before we do that let's dwell a little on genesis chapter 6 verse 8 Noah found grace, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Let's do a bit of word study here. Okay. Now, before that, let me take this, this, this little pause. Let's go back to verse 3 and 4. Before we consider verse 8, let's go back to verse 3 and 4. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not strive with man forever, for he is indeed flesh. Yet his days shall become 120 years. Some of us, in fact, I myself at a particular time, I felt this was, the, this was a declaration of an heavenly cap on the age of man, on the lifespan of man. That is not true. That is so not true. There was no such cap placed on the lifespan of man. No such cap. 
let us see. Now, as we follow through this, we will see some of the reasons how we know, how we get to come to the conclusion that this is not a declaration of man's lifespan, 120 years. He's saying something totally different. Glory to Jesus. Let's get back to verse 8. Let's get back to verse 8. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Found here is the word that is interpreted, okay? Found here is that Hebrew word that is interpreted to make a discovery. To make a discovery. Okay? To have someone's eyes of understanding suddenly opened concerning a matter. Okay? So Noah found that word is motsor. Motsor. Motsor means to discover, to attain understanding, to have your eyes of understanding enlightened, suddenly opened. We have usages of this word motsor, motsor, in Genesis chapter 2, verse 20, Genesis chapter 4, verse 14. Uh, again, Let's see quite a number of them. Let's see Genesis 2.20. Because I, 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 I want us to settle this very clearly. Genesis chapter 2 verse 20. So Adam gave names to all cattle, to the birds of the hair, and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found a helper comparable to him. Let's see Genesis 4.14. Genesis 4.14. Another use of the word motsor. The Hebrew word motsor. Found. Surely you have driven me out this day from the face of the ground. I shall be hidden from your face. I shall be a forgetting and a vagabond on the earth. And it will happen that anyone who finds me will kill me. That is anyone who, who, who realizes what I've done. <laughs> Before they find him and kill him, they, they ought to have realized what he, what he did. That he killed his brother. So again, this is telling us the result of some kind of investigation. This is telling us some kind of discovery, okay? Very, uh, very important. We also see it in Genesis chapter 8 verse 9. You can examine that at your study. Very key. Now, that is the word found. Again, we are considering Genesis 6, 8. That is still the word found. The word found, Matsor. Now, let us see the word eyes. Eyes. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. The eyes is ayin. Okay, and it is used in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. Let us see what this usage is again. Anyin, Genesis chapter 3, verse 5. For God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. So again, he's talking about eyes being opened. This is talking about a discovery. Once again, a discovery. Two words saying, revolving around the same ideology. Discovery. We also see verse 6, verse 7, Genesis chapter 3, verse 6 and 7. So when the woman saw that sword, yeah, okay, that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, okay, again, we see in verse 7 that the eyes of both of them were opened. Again, we see a discovery, an opening of the eyes of understanding. Glory to Jesus. So, eyes means what is more of an insight to something you never realized before a discovery into something you never thought you never knew was existing before glory to jesus 
we see another use of Anyi in Genesis 13 verse 10. Again, it is used there like a discovery. After a quick study of the land, Lot discovered. Okay, Lot did a quick study and then he came out with the conclusion that this land is better. Again, communicating a discovery, an insight, an opening of the eyes of understanding. Glory to Jesus. Now, let us combine this together. But Noah found, but Noah must saw grace in the eye of the Lord. That is to say, Noah discovered grace in the discovery of God. Hmm, this is important. Noah discovered grace in the discovery of God. Hmm. That is, Noah had a discovery of God and what he saw was that God was grace. That God is grace. Okay? Noah had a revelation of God and his revelation about God is summarized in the word grace. Glory to Jesus. When Noah discovered God, that is, God revealed himself to Noah, just like he did to Abraham, what Noah saw, what Noah found, was that God is grace. Wow. That is very instructive. That means whatever we saw Noah preach after now, okay, was about God's grace. So Genesis chapter 6 verse 3, my spirit will not strive. Strive there is the word din. Din means to persuade, to plead. Glory to Jesus. And how was God pleading? How was God persuading man? Through Noah's message. Hmm. Through Noah's message, God was persuading man. Okay? Through Noah's message, the message of God's grace is God's spirit pleading with man. We realize that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The pleading that has been happening, Jesus also made us know that, that the, the same pleading is what is happening right now. Continuously pleading with man. How? With the message of God's grace. With the message of the gospel. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So, Paul will say it like this. Colossians chapter 1 verse 28. said, We preach him, entreating and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. So we see the pleading. And that's the message of the gospel. That is what we tell the world today. Pleading with them. God is grace. God is willing, is able to save you. We saw at the last class how the writer of Hebrews persuaded, spent time persuading the Jews. Glory to Jesus. So God pleading with man, God's spirit pleading with man will be in the message which Noah preached, which is what? That God is grace. Glory to Jesus. So, what Genesis 63 was saying, His days shall be what? Shall be 120 years. God was saying, His days. His days, there is the days within which the pleading will go on. Man's heart was ardent. God gave them 120 years. 
all through the time the ark was being built, God kept on pleading with man. Up to the time that the ark would be completed. And finally, people make their choice by entering the ark or staying out. Unfortunately, the people made the choice of staying out and the destruction came. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Let us see what um, Peter comments about this. So, in summary, we see that Noah was preaching the ability and willingness of God to save man. There was a destruction coming. God, what he offered was salvation. We are about to see that. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. Glory to Jesus. And did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah. So we see, what happened? God saved Noah. So what God offered once again was what? Was salvation. They rejected it, of course. When someone offers you salvation, you reject it. You submit yourself to the coming destruction because what brings about the offering of salvation is because there's a destruction coming. God's heart is not in the destruction. God's heart is that all men be saved. First Timothy 2 4. He offers salvation. You receive it, you are saved. You do not receive it, you are not saved. And what does <laughs> you are not saved mean? When destruction comes, such a person is caught up in the destruction. Glory to Jesus. So what God offered was salvation. Okay, save Noah, one of eight people. A preacher of righteousness. Glory to, 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 to Jesus. So Noah, by Peter, is called here the preacher of righteousness. That means whatever message... Hmm, please pay attention to this. Noah was called by Peter a preacher of righteousness. Let's quickly examine some things. Hold that thought. Noah was a preacher of righteousness. Preacher of righteousness means whatever message that Noah preached was supposed to do what in men? To bring righteousness to men. Was supposed to make men righteous. All through what we have been studying in the book of Genesis, what was righteousness? How was Abel declared righteous? How was Abraham declared righteous? By faith in the promise. So whatever Noah was preaching was to bring forth righteousness. Which means whatever Noah was preaching was a message that the people had to believe so that they could be declared righteous. Wow. Let me allow that settle for a moment. If Noah was a preacher of righteousness, whatever message that he preached okay, was a message that the people would believe and so be declared righteous. Like who? Like Abel, like Abraham. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So he was a preacher of righteousness. Don't forget how righteousness again was attained. How was righteousness attained? Genesis chapter 15 verse 6. Abraham believed God and it was credited to him for what? For righteousness. So we can summarize. Faith is righteousness. So when you say righteousness, it is talking about faith. Glory to Jesus. Righteousness is faith. Faith is righteousness. So Preaching righteousness here means that there was a message. And by believing that message, okay, believing that message is equal to what? To righteousness. And that was the offer made to the people. He was preaching the grace of God. 
glory to Jesus. The ability and the willingness of God to save them from the coming destruction. And people of God, that is still the same message today. If you properly interpret scriptures, you would realize that the same thing that happened then is what is happening today. And we will get there. Glory to Jesus. In this class, we will get there. Amen. Stay with us. So, the loving kindness that God shows in Jesus paying the price for the entire world, we see that today. It is still the same that happened then. God's willingness to save from destruction. Note this. Sin is judged only after faith is rejected. Note that. Sin is judged after faith is rejected. And that is still the same principle till today. I mean, the receiving of God's grace would impute righteousness, but the rejection of God's grace would bring what? Condemnation. That's why we would realize that even Lot is the same ideology, the same analogy, the same transaction. Lot preached the message to Sodom and Gomorrah for years, but they rejected it. Lot and Noah presented men with what? With salvation. Righteousness by the gospel, but they rejected it. When I say the gospel, in this case, the gospel in our case is different from the gospel in their case. The gospel in their case was more like a promise. We have established that, right? In our case, the promise has been fulfilled over 2,000 years ago. So it's a reality. The gospel is the reality in our own case. I will expatiate on that as, as time goes on. If, if you don't get that yet, don't worry about it. Just go on. Just follow on with us. Glory to Jesus. So righteousness by the gospel was offered both in the case of Lot and Noah. Both in the case of the men of, 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 of Noah's age and Sodom and Gomorrah. But they, they rejected it. The moment they rejected it, God waited and waited and waited. In fact, in the case of Sodom and Gomorrah, angels came to check it out, whether they would reject again the opportunity to accept. Think about it. If what the angels at so, uh, concerning Sodom and Gomorrah, those two angels, if what they came to check was whether Sodom and Gomorrah was 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 engaging in homosexuality, if that's what they came to check, did they have to come to check that? <laughs> they didn't have to come to check that. But what they came was uh, 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 to do was to see will they continue to reject when we come. And we, 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 we see how things are. Will they still reject? Glory to Jesus. Are they still rejected? Glory to Jesus. So the moment they rejected it, condemnation and judgment set in. Water in the case of Noah. Fire in the case of Sodom and Gomorrah and Lot. Hallelujah. Is scriptures opening up today? Let me really show us something. Let's take a pause. We'll still come back to Second Peter, uh, to, to Peter's commentary of Noah. But just follow with me. Let's see Genesis chapter 6 verse 9. Because I want to quickly address something in a bit. Genesis chapter 6 verse 9. 
This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generations. Noah walked with God. When we read this again, we would think, you see there, pastor, you see there, sir. Noah was, was perfect. Noah was just. That is, and we easily zero that, uh, that down to Noah behaved well. Noah's conduct was the perfect. Noah, ah, all the people were doing any way they like. Noah stood out. Noah didn't. Noah was perfect. Noah was far from perfect. This guy got drunk to the extent that his, 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 his two daughters slept with him at different times. So don't tell me he was perfect. Noah cursed one of his sons, one of his children. Glory to Jesus. So there is no perfection there whatsoever in his conduct. No perfection whatsoever. But when we read Genesis 6-9, it seems to suggest that Noah was righteous by his conduct. Of course, when we see the consistency of scriptures, Jesus Christ, again, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is the same. Even Jesus said that he is the same. Jesus will say, just as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be now. Hallelujah. I will come to Jesus' commentary in, uh, in a little bit. Just follow with us. So, the same way, when we see the consistency of scripture, the same way the gospel was presented to Adam, it was presented to Adam, to Abraham, to Abel, to Noah, I, I mean Noah's people, Noah and his people, to Lot and his people, that is Sodom and Gomorrah, the same way it was presented. Romans chapter 10, verse 10 to, 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 to 11, gives us uh, a, a good clue about that. Hebrews chapter 3, verse 15. Again, that Hebrew writer talking to them, today, if you hear his voice, add it not to your heart as in the provocation. So it has always been the same. There's a message presented. They believe, they do not believe. That is their choice. Glory to Jesus. So something was preached to them and they believed it and they are declared righteous. Nothing to do. Noah's righteousness, again, what, what am I talking about right now? Noah's righteousness was not by conduct. That's what I'm talking about right now. If you read Genesis 6-9 to on face value, you will think, yeah, Noah was just, that's why. No. No. It was not because of his conduct. His conduct was far from perfect. These were all Moses' use of words. What you see in Genesis 6, 6, 6, 6 verse 9 were Moses' use of words to communicate what? To communicate a man, to describe a man that God has declared blameless. This is how Moses would communicate it. It was just, it was perfect in all his generations. How do we know? Did we just assume it? No, we see it from scripture. Scriptures are consistent, all true. We think Noah's people did great wickedness. That is why. We think Lot's people at Sodom and, 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 and Gomorrah were, were, were homosexuals and doing all sorts of things. That is why. No! No! Are we by any means, you know, like justifying what they did? No. But we are saying that that is not the point. If they had believed the message, they would have been declared righteous regardless of their works. The same way Abraham was. The same way Abel was. The same way Noah was. Glory to Jesus. Let's pause for, for a moment again. Look at Lord's story, for instance. When the two angels came, and then Abraham started negotiating with them. 
one of the statements Abraham made was, ah, God, if you find 50 righteous men, will you still destroy Sodom and Gomorrah? And then God said, no, no, I will not. And then he brought it down to 10. And then God said, no, I won't. The question now is, Abraham was talking to, 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 to the angels. If you find 10 righteous men, righteous men, the question is, how was Abraham himself that was talking? How was he righteous? Was he righteous by his conduct? No, he was righteous. Genesis 15, 6. Because he believed God's story, it was counted to him for righteousness. So when Abraham was talking about righteousness there, he wasn't talking about conduct. He himself was not righteous by conduct. He had to believe for righteousness. Glory to Jesus. And that was the same thing. Believing God's story. Faith is, was righteousness for them. Faith is righteousness. Righteousness is faith. Okay? God was looking to save them from the coming destruction. They refused and put themselves in line of the destruction. That is the same offer being made to all men today. That is the same offer. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. That was the same of, um, offer. The same thing. The same thing. Let's see uh, 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 first uh, Peter. Let's go back to first Peter now. Peter's commentaries on, uh, on, on, on this matter. Noah. First Peter. Chapter 3. Glory to Jesus. I'm so enjoying this. It's so beautiful to see scriptures in the light of Christ. Oh my God. First Peter chapter 3 verse 18 to 20. For Christ also suffered once for sins. The just for the unjust. Did you hear that? The just for the unjust. That he might bring us to God. Being put to death in the flesh. But made alive by the spirit. By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. When you read this, it is sounding as if Christ went to preach to the spirits in the prison. But we know from, 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 from the epistles that such never happened. There was no preaching that Jesus did in hell. <laughs> Jesus didn't go to hell to preach to anybody. Jesus went to suffer. In fact, once a man crosses from this world into the next realm once a man leaves his body there is no chance for salvation anymore jesus did not die for spirits he died for man that is why spirits don't preach and 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 they can't be preached to <laughs> glory to jesus spirits don't preach and they can't be preached to angels don't preach and they can't be preached to man has to be preached to man has to preach glory to jesus Okay, so here, verse 19, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. This is talking about Noah, Noah's preaching to the spirits. And I will tell you why. Verse 20, who formerly were disobedient. Wow. Formerly there is an historical, is a word connoting history. Okay, porter. It means in times past. It, it means historically. So who historically were disobedient? So these people that he's talking about now were formerly disobedient. Okay? In history, they were disobedient. Okay? By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison. NASB version. We, 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 are, um, we actually tell you that by whom also he went and preached to the spirits now in prison. 
So again, verse 19 and 20 speaks to history. Okay? It is recalling something that happened in time past. When once the divine... Uh, let me take verse 19 and 20 again. Pardon me. By whom also he went and preached to the spirit in prison, who historically were disobedient. When once, once upon a time, the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. Hallelujah. Were saved through water. So we see here, this is not saying that Christ went to preach to the spirits. This is really, no, this is just simply recalling history. They are in prison now. That's why uh, later versions, NASB for instance, will say that, who are in prison now? Okay, so it's a recalling of history. Those people are in prison now. Why? Because they rejected the truth and they died in their rejection. Okay? But formally, that is historically, sometime before, these people were disobedient in the days of Noah. So, before they were disobedient, but now they are in prison. Glory to Jesus. So, he's talking about the preaching of Noah. Those days that Noah was preaching to those people. Those people are now in prison before, historically, they disobeyed. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. So, the moment a man, salvation can only happen here on earth. Remember the parable Jesus gave as well of that uh, uh, um, Lazarus and the uh, rich man. Scriptures record that Lazarus, you know, that, that the rich man was actually beseeching Christ, beseeching uh, 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 Jesus. Uh, please, help us tell Lazarus just to dip his, his, his finger and just give us a pinch of water to quench our thirst. <laughs> not even a pinch of water. Jesus said, that, that is not possible, sorry. No, that is not possible. Not a salvation can be offered in hell. Not a salvation. Once a man lands there, that is all. It is sealed. Because he has lost his chance even to, to make the right choice. Glory to Jesus. So not even a pinch of water, talkless of salvation, glory, glory to Jesus, can be passed across while in that realm. Not possible. Salvation can only happen here on earth. The moment a man passes to the world beyond, that is it. His faith is sealed. Spirits cannot preach and cannot be preached to. Jesus came to die for man not to die for spirits or angels. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So, that preached to the spirits in prison was talking about Noah, actually. It was talking about Noah. It was an historical account of what happened in the days of Noah. Glory to Jesus. So, let us move ahead now. We are beginning to, to, to bring all of this together. There's also this talk and at a point in time too, I strongly believed, like, I thought this was the case, okay? That, okay, the angels, uh, the sons of God went into the daughters of men, then giants were, were, were battered. We read that in Genesis chapter 6, and then some of those, those uh, nuances there, speaking that, okay, uh, the fallen angels went into the daughters of men, nothing of such happened. How do we know? <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1, angels are they not ministering spirits? So, angels are spirits. Jesus was asked a question 
about something related to this by the Pharisees. He said, they said, a woman had seven husbands and they all died. At the resurrection, whose wife will she be? Jesus said, come on, you hear, not knowing the scriptures. Spirits are not given to marry, neither do they give to marry. <laughs> like, that system, that, 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 that sexual relations, okay, are paramount in the realm of the heart. Spirits don't engage in that. Spirits don't engage in that. That was Jesus speaking. Okay? Spirits don't engage in that. He said, you err not knowing the scriptures. In the life after, they do not marry or give to marry, but they are like spirits. Pay attention to that. They are like spirits. So Jesus is saying that spirits don't, don't, don't engage in all those physical affairs. You need a body to be able to do that, for God's sake. <laughs> spirits have to inhabit the body to be able to do that. Sexuality is in the realm of the body. A being that doesn't have a body has nothing to do with sexuality. Glory to Jesus. This was Jesus speaking, of course. Okay? They cannot have intercourse like physical men. Please take note of that. So that already helps us debunk that, that, that school of thought. Okay? They are, these are two different realms. If Satan, I think I said this before, if Satan would do anything on earth, he has to use men. If God would do anything on earth, he has to use men. Glory to Jesus. Men are the only ones that have a right to carry out earthly activities, according to Jesus. So, that ideology, according to Jesus, is not so. Please pay attention to that. So, let's get back to 1 Peter chapter 3. Let's go on to verse 20. Who formerly were disobedient. Did you hear that? Who formerly were were disobedient. Talking about who again? The people that no are preached unto. Disobedience here is the Greek word apiteho. Apiteho. Apiteho means what? Does it mean disobedience to the law of Moses? That is, thou shalt not disobey. Obey your parents in the Lord. Your pastor says something and then you have to obey. God says something and then you have to obey. Is, is it obedience or disobedience in that sense? We are about to find out. Is it disobedience in the sense of, okay, I said you should go left, you are going right. We are about to find out. Is it? Actually, it is not. Let me just answer that. Apiteho is the Greek word, which means what? To refuse to believe. Please take note of that. Apiteho means to refuse to believe. Do you remember why we are talking about uh, uh, Adam? Romans chapter 5, verse 12 to 19. His disobedience is a refuser to believe. Is a refuser to be persuaded of something that God told him. Of an offer that God made for him. Made to him, rather. So, apiteo is to refuse to believe, to not believe. That is to say, apiteo means unbelief. And we have several other uses in the scriptures, in the epistles. For your personal study... You can take a look, uh, take a look at John chapter three verse thirty six. In fact, let's see just a couple of them. John chapter three verse thirty six. I'll quickly read from here. John chapter three verse thirty six. Glory to Jesus. John chapter three verse thirty six. He who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. So he who does not believe there is apiteho. So we see that apiteho is not. Go right and go left. Go left, go right. No. 
It is about unbelief in a message. That is a Peter. Let's see others. Let's see Acts chapter 14, verse 2. There's so many, but we just see just these two, and then I'll call out the rest to you. Acts chapter 14, verse 2. But the unbelieving Jews stirred up the Gentiles and poisoned their minds. Unbelieving there is what? A Peter. Other uh, uh, passages, Acts chapter 19, verse 9. Romans chapter 2 verse 8, Romans chapter 10 verse 21, Romans chapter 11 verse 30, Romans chapter 15 verse 31, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 18, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 31, and 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 8. You can go over that at your leisure. A Peter, oh, that word disobedience there is not disobedient as in do what, uh, do the opposite of what you have been told to do. It is what? unbelief. Glory to Jesus. Because God never tells you what to do. God gives you a choice. You decide what to do. Okay? To not believe in the offer, in a promise that was made to you is what? Is a pity hole. It is disobedience. Okay? Glory to Jesus. So now, disobedience here is the unbelief of the truth. So, note, this is why this testimony of Peter is important. Peter is telling us in verse 20 that these people in the days of Noah were formerly, okay, they were historically disobedient. They were historically in unbelief. When? When once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared. Did you see that now? This answers our question. The people were in unbelief. That was the problem. Noah preached the message. They did not believe the message. They had an offer of salvation by the promise. Of course, that would be by the promise because Jesus was to come thousands of years after. Okay? They did not. Unlike Abel and Abraham, they did not believe the promise. They did not accept the promise. They laughed at Noah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm so excited. So, Disobedience, a pit the whole, is a state of practicing unbelief such that it has become a lifestyle. Okay? You have made a lifestyle out of rejecting a message you are being given constantly. What? A message, an, an offer of salvation. Glory to Jesus. Exactly as in the days of Noah. Please take note of that. So, the role of God in the flood, let us just clarify this before we move ahead. The role of God in the flood was to provide salvation. God was waiting, hoping for 120 years, waiting, hoping that these people would hear and believe his goodness, believe in his willingness and ability to save. And God demonstrated that by asking Noah to actually build the ark. By deciding to enter the ark, they would exercise their faith, their belief in the promise, okay? By not, by, by, by choosing not to enter, that was what Moses, that was how Moses communicated their rejection. Glory to Jesus. And this is still what God is doing till now. How do I know? Let's see First Timothy chapter 2. Glory to Jesus. Father, we thank you. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. 1 Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. Glory to Jesus. First Timothy chapter 2 verse 4. 
who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Glory to Jesus. Let's go to, to verse 3 so that we can understand who this is talking about. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. That is the sole desire of God. Let's see 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. Glory to Jesus. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise. <laughs> As some count slackness, but is long suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, to a change of mind. Glory to Jesus. So, let's go back to 2 Peter chapter 2 as I begin to round off for today. Glory to Jesus. Noah's ark was Noah's communication of Jesus Christ. Did you hear that? Noah's ark was Noah's communication about Jesus Christ. How do we know? Verse 21 of, of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 21. 1 Peter 3, 21. There is also, okay, let's go to verse um, verse 20 again, just so that we can understand what I'm talking about. Who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water, saved from water okay there is also note note that an antitype which now saves us so peter is saying here that the ark was what was a typology of what now says of baptism not the removal of the filth of the flesh but the answer of a good conscience toward god through the resurrection of jesus christ the ark of noah was a typology of jesus's resurrection Entering the heart was believing the promise of the resurrection through Christ Jesus. Not entering is rejecting, refusing to believe. Glory to Jesus. God is not involved in the death of a sinner. Listen to me. God is not involved in the death of a sinner. What he wants is that he be saved. Noah prepared that. They had the opportunity to, to, to enter for 120 years. God hoped that they would enter. And that is how, the same way, Jesus died for the sins of the old world, hoping that the old world would accept the sacrifice of his. Wow. So we see consistency. The same way Jesus died for the sins of the old world. Why? God was open. God is open that the entire world will hear the gospel and be saved. So when Jesus was saying that narrow is the way, he was not talking about how difficult it is to make it. In fact, it's so simple. It's only those that are complicated that refuse to make the way. What he meant by narrow is there is only one, which is me, myself, which is Jesus Christ. Broad, there are many options. That's what he meant by broad. Glory to Jesus. And all those other options, many options, many ways that man has created. Broad is the way everything leads to destruction. The only way, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Glory to Jesus. Jesus was by no means saying that a few will make heaven. In fact, many will make heaven. Many will be seen in heaven. In fact, put that make heaven in quotes and you will soon realize why. Because actually, he who has believed in Christ Jesus is already in heaven. There is no heaven to make. What people call the finish line is actually the starting point for someone that has believed Christ. God has made, God has made, no, 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 your, your, your eternity the starting point for you. 
who have eternal life. So Jesus was not saying that few people will make heaven. No, many will make it. Imagine what God has done here. You have not yet believed me, but I will die for you. I choose to have faith that you will receive when you hear about what I've done. That was the kind of faith that God operated in. That was the kind of faith that God operated with. That, no wonder Paul will say that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. That is why, let me just say this. When you hear book of life, all through the book of Revelation, again, I've established this. Anything life, these are just use of words. Tree of life, book of life, water of life, this is river of life. This is all talking about Jesus Christ. This is all talking about Jesus. These are Jesus Christ used in typology. Jesus Christ preached in typology. So when the book of Revelation says river, like, like, like book of life, okay, it is talking about Jesus Christ again. And who are those whose names are in the book of life? The names of the whole world is in the book of life. That's why you will hear things like blot out your name out of the book of life. So you hear about a blotting. You, you don't so much hear about a writing. Because writing was done once. When was the writing done? When Jesus died for the sins of the old world, the names of the old world were written in the book of life. Because the book of life, life is Jesus. Jesus died for the sins of the old world. Not for the sins of Christians alone. Not, not for the sins of Jews alone, for the sins of the whole world. Your name is only blotted out of the book of life when a man dies, having not accepted the gospel, having not believed the gospel. So even when a man is preached to, you get the, 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 the you preach the gospel to a man and he does and, and he refuses to believe it. His name is not blotted out just yet. His name is not blotted out just yet. He has to die in that rejection because God keeps on giving chance after chance after chance after chance. His long suffering is because he wants all men to be saved. Glory to Jesus. When a man rejects, some of us that were saved today, we didn't get saved. Like, like, like we did not believe the gospel. Okay, we did not accept Christ's life, we didn't accept eternal life the first time we heard the gospel. Some 10 times, some 20 times, and then they finally did. Some for 20 years they were preached to, and then they finally did. The moment a man dies, a man leaves this body, at that point, at that point, no other choice can be made except that which he has made, which is to reject the gospel. Glory to Jesus, which is to reject the gospel. Okay? which is to reject the gospel. Because again, Jesus died for men, not for spirits. Okay? So even after rejecting the gospel, the names of a man, the name of a man is not taken out. God gives the man the opportunity, the chance even to still hear again and believe and believe. And I'm talking to someone this, this day. You have heard and heard and heard and heard. You have been preached to. Jesus died for all your sins. All you have to do is believe and receive this gift of eternal life. As simple as that. And you have been rejected. You have not given audience to that. This may be your opportunity. This is your opportunity, certainly. Receive this gift of eternal life and receive the new life in Christ Jesus by which you escape all form of destruction, by which you are saved eternally. 
Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Of course, the danger in, in uh, uh, rejecting the gospel, there is someone walking behind the scenes. There is someone who doesn't want you to receive that gift. It will do anything to end your life before you have the opportunity to receive again. It will do everything to ensure that you stay in unbelief. And that is the devil. That is the devil. The devil is the one that wants to kill, that wants to steal, that wants to destroy. But Christ has come that you may have life. Receive Christ today. Do not harden your hearts. Glory to Jesus. And get the gift of eternal life. So brethren, Sodom and Gomorrah was not destroyed until Lot was taken out. Let's see. Luke chapter 17 verse 29. Jesus actually made commentary to the story of Lot and then Noah. And that is interesting. That is, that is really instructive. I want us to see that. Luke chapter 17 verse 29. Luke chapter 17 verse 29. But on the day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Okay, let us start from verse 26. Verse 26, Luke 17, verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. Note that. They ate, they drank, they married wives. They were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. So when Noah entered the ark, the flood came. When Lot was taken out, the fire came. Who? Glory to Jesus. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lord, they ate, they drank, they brought, they sowed, they planted, they built. But on the day that Lord went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even so, will it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. Did you hear that? One very important thing to note. That means, according to Jesus, there was nothing peculiar with Sodom and Gomorrah. How do I mean? Noah, Noah's people, Lot, Sodom and Gomorrah, Jesus Christ, and everyone else in the world right now. There is nothing peculiar in the three cases. It's the same. Wow. That is instructive. If the Sodom and Gomorrah was not peculiar, that means the sin was not peculiar as well. That means the same sin that caused Noah, Noah's people to be destroyed, was the one that caused Sodom and Gomorrah to be destroyed. It's the one that will cause a man today to be destroyed. And what is that sin? Unbelief. You got it right. So according to Jesus, Sodom and Gomorrah had nothing peculiar to what is happening now and what happened in, in the days of Noah. The same problem existed. The same sin is consistent throughout. And that is unbelief people of god as we conclude i really want to conclude now you see in genesis chapter 3 verse 15 we saw the promise of the seed of the woman bruising the the serpent and of course i i have mentioned that that is victory over death that is a promise of eternal life in christ a promise of resurrection for those people in christ and this is the pattern of promise that God gave them all. Adam, Abraham, Abel, Noah, all those that lived, okay, in the time of old. The pattern of promise that God gave. You hear the prophet saying it. It was the promise of resurrection in Christ Jesus. The promise of eternal life in Christ Jesus. 
We saw this in Abraham. Romans chapter 4, verse 17 to 19. Abraham being able to conceive, uh, 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 being able to conceive at, at, at the age of 100 years was a miracle. And of course, miracles in the Bible are a means to an, to an end. They are never an end. Miracles point to something. They are a sign for something. Glory to Jesus. Because just like Abraham was able to bring forth when his body was dead, God was going to raise children out of the dead. Glory to Jesus. God would raise sons from the resurrection of the dead, which is what? Jesus Christ, the first begotten of the dead. John 12, 24. Jesus said, except a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Okay? Very important. So the promise again is what? A promise of resurrection in Christ Jesus. That was the promise that was made throughout time before Jesus finally came to fulfill that promise. Glory to Jesus. So let's see more about this patriarchs. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 35, again, I'm trying to wrap things up here. There's something that I want to show us finally. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 35. Glory to Jesus. Hebrews 11 35. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. Why? That they might obtain a better resurrection. So we see everything that Abraham that Abel, that Noah, everything they looked forward to was what? Was a better resurrection. Resurrection, the promise of resurrection in Christ Jesus. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 13. They all died in faith, having not the promise. So, they all died. They waited and waited and waited for the resurrection, for this promise to be fulfilled. But they died still waiting. They died hoping for the fulfillment of it. They died in the faith. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 39 to 40 also tells us that. Hebrews, again, note this. Hebrews 11 35, Hebrews 11 39 to 40, Hebrews 11 13. We see clearly that these people, these patriarchs, all waited for the fulfillment of the promise. What promise? The promise of resurrection in Christ Jesus. The promise of eternal life in Christ Jesus. Noah's ark, again, was a type of resurrection. We saw that. Okay? They all had faith to be raised from the dead. The patriarch, Noah and the others. They all had the faith to be raised from the dead. When Christ Jesus, when the fulfillment arrives, Hebrews 11, 35, so the wisdom of God was that God would raise all of them from the dead by raising Christ from the dead. That was the wisdom of God. Christ was going to be a prototokus, a prototype, a seed that germinates and brings many, many grains along with it. Glory to Jesus. That was the wisdom of God. Please note, Abraham, Abel, Noah, they were not born again. They were not reborn. They had a promise that they had to wait for. Unfortunately, all of them died before the promise showed up. Okay? But the moment the, 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 the promise showed up and Jesus Christ resurrected on the third day, he resurrected with them. Glory to Jesus. He brought them back to life. That's when they received the promise. So what happened before they died? They believed the promise and it was counted to them for what? For righteousness. That was what they had. Even though the promise had not yet been fulfilled, they were declared righteous for believing in the promise. Glory to Jesus. Even though they believed in the promise, they still died. Okay? They never saw it. But once Jesus rose, they rose with him. Why? Because they believed in the promise. They died in the faith. 
glory to Jesus. So they received the promise, they defeated mortality as the first fruit of our victory. Glory to Jesus. That is why the writer of Hebrews will say, these people, they are heroes, but they could not be made perfect except by us. Hmm. So the rising of the church was the rising of the patriarchs. Woo! Glory to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12 verse 23. That's why you see things like the spirit of just men perfected at last. Wow. So they had a resurrection in their spirit as Jesus resurrected. They were spiritually dead until Jesus resurrected and they are brought back to life as well. The same way the Christ was battered to life. So what they had is different from what we have. Because Jesus Christ died, he, he was buried and then he was resurrected. Now when you come to Christ, you receive eternal life. Okay, when you receive the life of Christ, which is eternal life, you, 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 you are brought to life. You get a spiritual resuscitation. You get a spiritual resurrection. Again, what was the problem from the beginning? Spiritual deadness. Glory to Jesus. You get spiritual resuscitation. You come back to life. And that's what we call what? Being born again. You are born again. A creature that has not existed before. Hallelujah. A creature that is fashioned in the image of God. Do you see that finally? Adam was not in the image of God. Abraham was not in the image of God. When you accept the life of Christ today, you are reborn in the image of God. Glory to Jesus. And this is salvation. So we see. Why have I been pointing all this out since? We see that salvation cannot be lost. Salvation is to be reborn. Salvation is to get the gift of a life that never ends. It never ends because it, it never ends. It is eternal because it is, it is eternal. So it is not something that could be lost. It is a reborning. It is a resurrection. Ooh! It is a creation. Something that had not existed before. A spiritual resurrection. Okay, it was something totally new. Glory to Jesus. So the forgiveness of sins and righteousness was available from Abel. Hmm. And they got it out by their faith. That's why faith is righteousness. Till today, you get righteousness. You Again, what Abel had was righteousness minus the fulfillment of the promise. Today, when you receive Christ, when you receive Christ's life, you get righteousness impacted to you. Not only that, you receive the promise, which is now a, a reality for us. You are brought back to life again. You are reborn. Again, Abraham was never reborn. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Not until Jesus resurrected and resurrected with them all. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. So righteousness is faith. They could not receive it. We receive it. For them, it was a promise. To us, it's a reality. It is done. It is here. Glory to Jesus. Let me say this. Even though when the law came, why did the law come? I think I treated that uh, earlier in this series. The law came. The law was introduced because man chose to introduce it. Man, the, 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 the Jews selected Moses as the mediator of the covenant and God respected that. That's why Moses gave them the law. Note, Moses was not under the law, but he gave them the law. While Moses was telling them that you shall not step into the holy of holies, Moses was going in and coming out as he pleased. Why? Because he was not under the law. Moses already believed. That's why you see Moses in Hebrews chapter 11. By faith, Moses, 
Hallelujah. Moses received that gift by believing the promise. The people never believed. That's why they needed the law. Their hearts were hardened, Jesus said. Jesus said, no, it was not so from the beginning. But Moses, for the hardness of your heart, they refused to believe. That's why the writer of Hebrews will say, they, they, they refused to enter into rest. He said, labor to enter into the rest. There remained the rest for you. Believe. Christ is that rest. Jesus is that rest. Glory to Jesus. So, we see, even under the law, people were being justified by faith. Number one, the person that gave the law, Moses, was justified by faith. Number two, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us, Gideon, we have Barak, we have Samson, Samson of all people. Yes, he was justified by faith. David, we have Rahab, we have Jephthah, we have Samuel and the prophets. These were people all under the law. But guess what? It wasn't so much as the dispensation. It was the decision that man made. When you choose to believe in the promise, what happens? You are justified by faith. Joshua and Caleb, they were justified by faith. When they believed the report of the Lord. If God had said he would give us this land in, in typology, which is the typology of, 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 of Jesus Christ. If God had said he would give us, yes, he would give us. Let us go and take it. That's how they got justified by their faith. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. So, again, what was the problem with, 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 with Adam, with Uncle Adam? The problem with him was that he refused to enter the rest of God. Moses' account says God rested from his work. And after God finished his work, what happened? He created man. He created man towards the, 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 the final account of creation. Why? Because man was meant to function in rest. But Adam made a mistake. He rejected the rest of God. He wanted to walk. Adam choosing to walk was the fall. Anybody who rejects rest in Christ is in Adam's state. Anybody who rejects rest in Christ is in Adam's state. Salvation is to refuse to walk and receive what Christ has done. It is called rest. We who believed have entered into rest. And he that has entered rest has ceased from his work, even as God ceased from his. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 3 and verse 10. So Moses saw the gospel of faith preached, but he saw it as a parable. He saw it as God finishing construction of the whole earth, of the universe, and saying, ah, I'm tired, let me rest. That's what he saw. <laughs> he was spiritually dead too, hence the parable. Glory to Jesus. But the communication there was the message of faith in Christ, the rest of God. And this was the conclusion of the writer of Hebrews 2. Today, if you hear your voice, add, if you hear his voice, adding not your heart, as in the provoc provocation, in the wilderness, where they refuse to enter the rest of God. Glory to Jesus. Beloved, this is the truth. This is the truth. Salvation is resurrection. Salvation is to receive the fulfillment of the promise. Salvation is resurrection. Is eternal life. Is to receive eternal life. Glory to Jesus. And we, with this, we have come to the end of seeing some examples. We are going to pause for now and begin to see some concepts of salvation right from the epistles. But so far, if you have been following us, we have seen how that from the beginning, faith is righteousness. Righteousness is faith. 
how salvation has been offered from the beginning. A man accepts by believing by his faith, it is credited to him for righteousness. For Abraham and the and the likes, they had to wait for the fulfillment by Jesus' resurrection. For us, Jesus' resurrection has happened over 2,000 years ago. When you believe today, you are counted like, like Abraham was declared righteous. Today, we are made righteous. That's the difference. Abraham was declared righteous. Today, when you believe in Christ, you are made righteous. Why? Abraham was declared righteous even though he was still in his old self. Today, when you are when, when you are made righteous, you are born anew. You become a new person that has never sinned before. Glory to Jesus. Give God praise, people. Give God praise. Hallelujah. It's been a pleasure having you join us on today's podcast. We hope you were blessed. If you have never at any time confessed your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, and would like to do this, please say these words after me. Heavenly Father, thank you for your love for me. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ to die on the cross for all my sins. You raised him from the dead and is alive today. By his sacrifice, I am forever forgiven, forever justified, and forever saved. Christ lives in me, and as he is, so am I in this world. Amen. Congratulations, you are now a member of God's family. He is now Father to you. We encourage you to grow daily by the knowledge of Christ. Until next time, remember you are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved.